Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Happy Thursday. How are you? I hope you are having an amazing week. I am doing well. I have a bit of a head cold, if you can tell by my voice. I did get tested, and it's not the big bad Rona, but um, I was trying to put this off as long as possible this week, hoping that I would be better, and I'm definitely on the upswing, but I still sound a little congested, but we're going to roll with it. Because I kind of had a fun little idea pop in for a podcast. And I I was thinking about, you know, I've done a lot of human design podcasts lately. That's where my passion and desires have been leading me. And I always follow those when trying to make decisions for myself, my business, my life. And I hope you guys have been enjoying them. I mean, by the messages I've been receiving, you guys seem really into it. So this episode, though, is going to be a little shorter and something more so that I experienced when I found human design. So if you can't tell by the title of this episode, it is why I hated human design when I first really dove into it because when I first heard about it, I loved it. I loved the idea of it. I kind of got into some of the higher overview of things. And as I tend to do, I'm somebody who tries to consume mass amounts of information because I enjoy learning. Um, I, I really like immersing myself in something when I get excited about it. Lo and behold, that is definitely built into my design, and I didn't realize that. So I jumped in, I went hardcore with it, 
And I kind of started coming across things that didn't resonate with me. And I should say, maybe it was more so the resources or the people that I was taking the information in. Not everyone. There are definitely people that I I resonated with deeply and then others that I didn't. And so I wanted to give you just this little episode about it. Because if you decide to look into it for yourself, you may be feeling a certain type of way. And as somebody who has a six in their profile in human design, I am here to help guide you, mentor you, lead you through the things that I've been through. My three line, I love trying everything. So that's what I get to bring to the table is the fact that I've tried things, that I've worked through things, that I've had experiences, successes, and failures, quote unquote. And yeah, I just thought that this would be maybe beneficial for you if you are new to human design, or maybe you've heard about it and you you kind of were in the same boat and you're like, "Mm, no, that's not for me. So let's just jump in and a little backstory. So I think I found out about human design. I can't remember if I said it in another episode it would have been probably five years ago. So I can actually vividly remember driving to work and listening to a podcast episode with Jenna Zoe and her going into it. And I immediately got to work and looked up my chart. <clears throat> and I found out that I was a manifesting generator. And I was a little bummed out about it because what I was reading on the site that I had looked it up in at the time. Jenna Zoe didn't have her website, which I'm obsessed with, and I really like the way she looks at things. But a manifesting generator in some terminology is considered a subtype of generators. And generators, by a lot of people, when they talk about it, talk about generators being a worker. Like, they're here to work. They're here to make other people's dreams come into fruition. And I can remember thinking how like disappointed I was about it, but I was like, okay, it does at least explain why I'm always into so many different things. As a Manny Gen, I love having multiple projects going on. I love kind of finding something, getting excited about it, and then moving on when that excitement is no longer there. And I always had judged myself with that when it came to jobs because (laughs) I was the person that would go in and do really well for like the first six months because I was like mastering it. Like I said, I like learning things. I like getting new responsibilities. And then I would kind of burn out on it because I was no longer enjoying it. And sometimes in that span, I would get promoted and that would help kind of offset the burnout because I was excited about something new and excited about the promotion. But a lot of times I would end up like, okay, I want a new job. <laughs> I'm over this. I, I don't like this anymore. So <clears throat> I felt that felt validated in that sense. But as somebody who had wanted to be an entrepreneur her whole life, I thought that that meant that I was a worker bee. And I have actually heard some people talk about generators and manifesting generators as worker bees. And while I love me some honeybees, I am not here to be a worker bee. <laughs> so, and and neither are you if you're that type. I, I'll kind of clarify it when I go into a few different things. But continuing on, I, you know, kind of pulled back from um, HD in general. I then went back and was like, okay, I'm going to learn a, a little bit more. 
went into it, started following a bunch of people on Instagram, realized a lot of them use language and kind of constructs and structures within human design that I didn't like. And I even had read some of the original founder, um, Ra Urhu's, like his initial kind of books and findings. And I was like, no, no, (laughs) this isn't for me. And I basically unfollowed everyone on Instagram that was in human design except Jenna Zoe and um, kind of kept it that. That was several years ago still at this point. Well, I randomly started coming across human design. At the time, human design was not what it is today. And maybe you're still unaware of it, but it has grown leaps and bounds. I remember Jenna Zoe was like one of the only people that was quote unquote an expert at it. And she was on all the podcasts talking about it. But I, 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 had found just people on Instagram that were talking about it and didn't like what they were saying. So anyways, when I would kind of get little droplets of Jenna here and there, I would get, yeah, that, that sounds better. I like that, you know, doing those kind of things. And I finally decided I'm going to go back into this. And this was kind of as I really went through more of my, you know, dark night of the soul and kind of my own awakening where I was like, I need to find something. I'm really unhappy in my my career. I don't know what I'm doing. This had been like, maybe this was about four years ago at this point. <clears throat> and I, I need something. So maybe this can help me if I just give it a chance. And I decided to really look at it from, I get to <laughs> interpret it the way that works for me. And as a manifesting generator, one of the things that always resonated with me was being a trailblazer, showing people how to do things that have never been done before. And so I really started playing around with the pieces that I didn't like or the languaging or the structure that I didn't like and really found ways that it made it feel better for me and took me quote unquote, you know, human design isn't supposed to put you in a box. It's supposed to blow the box up. Like it's supposed to allow you to live life individually and energetically as you and not how society says. But I was putting myself in this little tiny little box of being a manifesting generator and I'm just here to work forever and then I'll die. So These are the lessons that I have kind of taken away and why now I'm obsessed with human design and how I'm very intentional with the information that I digest about it. I, if if you've been around here for any length of time, this is where my, um, my whole philosophy on everything that I talk about on the podcast when I've talked about astrology and healing modalities and techniques and journaling and manifestation and all of those things. When I talk about do what feels good to you, take what feels good and leave the rest, this is where that lesson came from for me because that's how I view human design. So now when I come across somebody on Instagram or a podcast and I start to take in information from them. I will, before I follow them, I will do a brief audit of their 
Instagram and see if I like the languaging they use. I'll try to find a post that would be relevant to me, you know, maybe my profile or my energy type. And if I don't like it, I won't follow them. Not because this is a, I don't like the way you do it. I have an open head and open mind and I can take in inspiration and ideas from people very easily and think that they're my own. And I don't want to take in the information that will feel constrictive to me. So I don't. It's the same thing with books, with coaches, anything like that, even outside of human design. But because of my human design, I really only try to take in things that either feel good or align with the way that I look at life in these types of practices. So I think that that's really beneficial. Even if you're somebody who has um, a closed mind or closed head, it still can be beneficial because it can feel very like off-putting and out of alignment if you're reading something that doesn't line up with your ideas, your creativity, your inspiration, and can actually end up, you know, if you're in your low vibe causing overthinking. So that's just something to definitely think about. All right, let's get into the lessons that I've learned. So like I mentioned before, finding out that I was an MG actually kind of bummed me out at first. And now it's one of my favorite things about my human design blueprint because it fits me so, so well in the sense that when I said I found it, generators and manifesting generators were always kind of categorized. And even Jenna Zoe at the time, she's definitely changed the way she says it. But at the time she had kind of talked about that, like they're magical. They bring this like energetic energy to the world and kind of help things come. Um, you know, they, they help build the ideas of like the manifestors and things like that. And now it's definitely shifted the way she talks about it. So I, I appreciate that. So if you follow her now, it'll be a a different type of thing, but it was always, you know, like I said, being referred to as a worker bee, or we're here to help others build their creation. Like the manifestor is going to come up with the idea and the generators and manifesting generators build it, you know, those kind of things. And I hated that as somebody who wanted to be an entrepreneur, I didn't want to bring other people's ideas to creation. And so what I have found and what I went out on a search for was finding expanders who were manifesting generators who had their own businesses, manifesting generators or generators who had their own businesses, who were doing their own thing. And, you know, a couple of people, for example, are Melanie and Layer, so Alpha Femme, Manifestation Babe, she's a generator. Eden Carpenter, she is one of my favorite, like probably my absolute favorite account to follow for human design if you want to look on Instagram. But um, she's a manifesting generator. So finding people that were their own, you know, their own businesses, their own bosses, and realizing it was possible for me allowed me to kind of work through that and break away from that work, work, work mode of, you know, worker B idea of generators and manifesting generators and realizing that like my literal life purpose is to follow my desires as a generator, as a manifesting generator and a, or a generator, our sacral is 
like our governing energy that lit up desire. So to follow your excitement, to follow your joy, all of that. And then either bringing our own creation, or if you're somebody who likes working in, you know, a corporate setting or for another, another company, somebody else's, but bringing creation into reality. So we are kind of that, that bridge from energetic idea to something being in the physical reality. And I loved that because it's almost like we're the manifestation energy in the material world. So that's how I switched that kind of mindset. And like I said, now being a manifesting generator, I take pride in it. And it's one of my favorite things about me and it fits me to a T. So the next piece was finding out that I was had an emotional authority. So 50% of the population actually has an emotional authority. And I want to do a podcast episode all about emotional authority and non-emotionals and how that plays out because I do a lot of emotional intelligence work for myself, for my clients. And if you're unfamiliar with it, having an emotional authority means that we ride a wave of emotion. So, and and that wave of emotion isn't as scary as it sounds. Uh, I originally was like, oh, hell no. Like, I'm, I'm in a good mood 95% of the time. I am not accepting that I have to be like bummed out and like depressed because I have to ride this wave. No, 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 that's not, that's not what it is. So there are days where I'll wake up and I'm just in like a badass, excited, super jacked up mood just because I am. Nothing's happened. Nothing's supposed to happen that day. But I just feel on top of the world. There are days when I wake up and I feel good. I feel neutral. Maybe I am just like, okay, today's let's see what's going to happen. More of that neutral state. And then there are days when I wake up and I can tell that my energy isn't there and not that I will feel you know, a low, depressive or anxious. I definitely have those feelings, but that's not necessarily where my my low part of my wave is. It's more of just my energy doesn't feel like it's there. Not that I, you know, won't be able to handle the day or go to my workout or do my work, but it's just kind of like, okay, maybe I'm a little less talkative, maybe... I want to relax a little bit more. Maybe I am a little bit slower in the day doing things intentionally and, you know, reserving the other kind of higher energy task for another day. So it can just feel like the energy is lower. And it's not something that at first I was like ready to kind of feel into. And I didn't like the idea. And now... One of the things that's helped, number one, is I've taken away the judgment of the fact that there can be times where I'm just not super excited or in a really good mood and nothing has happened, nothing that I can pinpoint, but my energetic wave is going downwards. And depending on which channel you have defined with your solar plexus, your emotional center, that will tell you what kind of emotional wave you have. So mine is a consistent build, 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 build. Things are good. Things are good. Things are good. And then I do a small dip and then it 
goes back up and builds, builds, builds. Some people do like a very heightened, like the elevator, like it goes straight up and then it goes, they ride the high for a little while and then it goes straight down. It, it just kind of depends. So when I do that episode, I'll definitely go into it. That's just my wave. It's a, it's a build, 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 dip, build, 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 dip, build, 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 dip. So for me, as I've started studying it and feeling into it, a lot of times my emotional wave only lasts four to eight hours, like the, the low part of the emotional wave. I, which is why they usually say as an emotional authority, you are supposed to give yourself time to make a decision. So if somebody says like, Hey, you know, on a Monday, Hey, do you want to go to the Drake concert on Friday? And your immediate thought is like, Ooh, yes. Like (laughs) I want to do that. And you say yes. And then come Friday, you're like, why did I say yes to this? I just want to stay home. Even if you love Drake, you're just like, I don't want to do it. There's a reason. It's because your emotional wave was in a high and you got excited and then didn't come back to a place of neutrality. That kind of like, oh, okay, because you can kind of ride that wave out in a 24 hour to 48 hours max is usually what I I tell people. You don't necessarily need to go longer than that. But that used to bother me. I was I was somebody that wanted to make decisions in the moment. I wanted to go for it. I wanted to give the answer. I wanted to plan. I wanted to be that. And it bothered me that I had to wait. And I hated that. <laughs> Definitely as a manifesting gener- who, generator who has that manifester energy, like my surges to move felt very impulsive. And I was mad that I couldn't follow that. And now I have come to realize that if I give myself the time to ride an emotional wave with a decision, it's almost like that decision can't steer me wrong. And what I mean by that is, let's say you get a job opportunity and you get the job opportunity, you are happy about it, you've been looking for a job and they offer it to you and they are going to pay you $100,000 and you take it or you you get the offer and you say, okay, great, can I get back to you in a day or two? Let me think about it. And you're excited. You're like, oh man, I can't wait for this. This is going to be amazing. And then, you know, later on that day, eight hours later, you start to enter a low and you're like, what if I go into this and it sucks or it fails? But I don't know. I mean, I'm sure I could figure it out. Like it would, I'm sure I could get on top of this. Like even if I didn't know what I was doing initially, like I know I can, I can make it happen, but I don't know. And you're kind of in that, ugh, whatever. And then, then you sleep on it and the next morning you wake up and you're in a neutral wave, part of your wave, and you come to it and you think about the job again. You're like, yeah, no, that, that actually does sound like a good idea. That feels good to me. You've checked in with your sacral. Your sacral responds and says, like, go for it. And you're 80 to 90% sure that that's a good idea and that you want to take it. You can trust that. And the reason that I think an emotional wave is actually a superpower is that if you can ride out a decision through your emotional wave and you can still think that something may be a good idea, even in a low, that means that when you're hitting your emotional wave, if you decide to take the job and you're hitting the low of the emotional wave, you've already kind of ridden out that decision with it. And so it doesn't feel like end of the world when you're impulsive and you take something in the high part of your wave, or you deny something in the low part of your wave 
you aren't allowing yourself to feel that decision in the entire part of your emotional wave. And so understanding that giving yourself the time to ride that out, that when something comes up in the, in the new job, so you take the job and you hit a low, you don't immediately go, oh, why did I take this job? I hate everything about it. I can't believe it. You know that it's just an emotional wave low and that you're going to come out on the other side. And so I now love it. It's like this internal GPS of following your desires into places that feel good to you because neutral makes it sound like you're just like, okay, sure, whatever. Like neutral, you're neutral in life should feel good. Like it's a a place of like satisfaction and especially as a Manny Gen or generator, it's a place of peace or success. Your neutral is not just like, oh, I don't care about anything. Like, that's not what that is. Your your high of your wave is like kind of that, oh my gosh, I'm bouncing off the walls. I'm so excited. Like, when I'm in a high of a wave, I get kind of like spurts of energy that I don't know where they come from. And I'll just like kind of squeal. Like, I'll be like, eee! and I'll like shake my hands. And there's nothing going on, but like, that's my emotional high. Like it's coming out in different ways because there's nothing necessarily happening, but it's there. My emotional neutral, like my neutrality is like, Ooh, life is good. Like I'm making decisions. Things are lining up. I'm really happy here. This is good. Like, what do I want to do next? That kind of feeling. Like it's not a, it's not a neutral. I don't care about anything. So Now I love my emotional wave and it's one of my favorite things to help clients with. Emotional intelligence is something that I embody and live all the time and work through all the time. Yesterday I had something in a text that uh, from someone that had kind of triggered me and I was like, why is this bothering me? What's coming up for me? What am I feeling about this? How can I work through it? And, and doing that. And that's where that emotional intelligence comes from because as an emotional wave, I feel the spectrum. I feel it all. And understanding like I can work through it and kind of come out with more embodiment and alignment on the other side is pretty fucking powerful. So if you're an emotional person, don't, don't stress about it. Also, if you're a non-emotional you still can have emotional intelligence as well. You just experience it different from removing outside emotions. So, um, you know, like if my husband's not emotional, he can take on my emotions um, because he has an, um, an emotional, an undefined emotional center or an undefined solar plexus. So his is different. His is like getting out of my energy or removing something if he is feeling a certain type of way. So I'll go into that in another episode. Okay. Lastly, profile lines. Your profile is kind of your personality in life. You have your conscious and your unconscious personality Your conscious is how you feel about yourself. Your unconscious is how people see or feel about you. So mine was a three, six. And as a three, I am, was, you know, reading and saw everywhere. It's all about, you know, trial and error. You fail your way through life. You're like a bull in a china shop. You just bump up against life. And I was like, ugh, that sounds horrendous. Like, I don't like it. I don't want to do that. And then on top of that, the sixth line, my unconscious line, it's in three sections. So they say that you experience the first 30-ish years of your life as a three. 
So I was supposed to be, you know, I found this when I was under 30. (laughs) I was supposed to be living my life. So that's probably been six years ago. I was going to be living my life as a double three, meaning it was going to be a hot mess express, bumping up, failing everywhere, whatever. And I hated the idea of it and I wasn't here for it. And it was, this was the most recent thing I worked through actually probably over the last, like maybe the last year I, I had kind of went through it, but I was not okay with that. And then my sixth part of my line. So you go through the first 30 of years, as a three, you kind of are trialing, airing your way through it. Then the next 20 or so, up until you're 50, you go up onto the roof of the house and you kind of seclude yourself. And I was like, well, that sounds fucking miserable. And then they say, oh, when you turn 50, that's when you hit your stride. And I was like, wait, so you're telling me I can't be like happy and successful until I turn 50? Like, mm, no, this isn't for me. Mm, no, record scratch. That's all BS. Okay. So the way that I have worked through this for myself, and I don't really care what any other human design expert has to say about this because this feels true to me and feels good to me right now. As a three, it's not about trial and error. It's not about failing your way through life. It's not about like bumping into things. It's about experiencing life. And my favorite way to look at this is like looking at it like a buffet, which if you're a Manny Jen, you probably love a buffet or maybe like a holiday where there's like a big spread or whatever, because we love so many different things. And I do, I love a buffet and people like cringe at buffets and, you know, obviously with COVID, not really like the best scenario, but I love being able to have a scoop of this. I'll take a scoop of that. I'll take one slice of that. I'll take a roll of that. I'll take, you know, a cup of this and making like 10 different foods on my plate because I want to try everything, like everything. And that's how I view my three line. I want to try everything. And you know, with, with different people that's in certain things. But for me, a lot of my trial and error, which it goes across your life. It's not just in one area, but for me, a lot of trial and error is in business, is in career. And I want to try this career. So for instance, I have tried a lot of different careers and ideas along the way. I have been a I worked in a deli, I worked at Abercrombie & Fitch, I worked in restaurants, I worked in a shipping place, I worked in a drug testing place, I was in sales, I was in marketing, I was in regular recruiting, technical recruiting, I had a boutique business, a brick and mortar, and then online, so an e-commerce business, I have... um, what did I do? Oh, I started a mobile beverage bar business with some friends. I did network marketing. And now here I am, life coaching, podcasting, doing that. So I don't consider like some of the jobs I definitely hated, but looking back on them, like they're not a failure. I'm able to do things in my life now because of everything that I've 
experienced and tried before. So the buffet of life has served up all of those different careers for me. And that used to be something that bothered me (laughs) to be the person that was kind of hopping around when people would kind of look at me. And now I own it. I'm like, I don't really care if you understand because it makes sense for me. I was just even talking to a fellow coach and friend the other day and she was getting into something career related. And as a recruiter, I had so much value to give her, even though that had nothing to do with the like coaching and life that I'm in now. It's valuable there. I can help like coaching clients who are in network marketing because I've done it before. I understand it. I get that world. You know, I can be extremely empathetic and compassionate for servers and people and, and like, restaurants and waiters and waitresses and cooks and all of the above because I've done that. So those all kind of conglomerate to make something that helps me live a very full life. And as a three, I no longer take on the trial and error. I choose to believe that I experience life and some experiences I love more than others and some were definitely learning and and lessons for me, but I don't consider them a failure. And so I refuse to use that language. So I hope that helps out with you. As a six, when I was talking about as my uh, unconscious line, having that, um, you know, I'm in that second phase being up on the roof. I choose to think of it as Right now, I've just done so much integration because I'm five years into it now. I've done a lot of integration lessons. I'm more apt to focus on things that bring me true joy, desire, benefit. Um, I'm less likely to play in the drama and to deal with stuff that really doesn't enhance my life in any way. And that sometimes includes like, you know, losing friendships, dynamics changing. Sometimes that includes like not working with a client. Sometimes that includes just overall not being involved in certain things because it's too draining for me because I don't find it joyful. It's just more of a discernment process, really refining what I want in my life and what I don't and kind of getting into that power of being able to take that out of my life when it's not working for me. So it's not about going up on the roof. It's more of an evaluation or kind of like uh, Melanie and Lair, she always says evolution and growth over a lifetime. It's really honing in on what's working for you and what you want to keep in and removing what doesn't. That's all it is. And choosing to see that as my life gets better and better every day, every year. Life just continues to get better and better, which doesn't that sound like amazing to think as a line six that your life, the the best days of your life are still coming, that you still have these experiences and things to grow. Even at 50, I'll still be, you know, hitting like my, my golden times, the times that I'm so in my power, so aligned, so like, and I plan to live over a hundred years. That's just, I think I'm going to live till I'm 103. I'm not really sure why that just comes into my head a lot. So I'd still have 50 more years to go. Like that's amazing. So those are things that I have reframed and flipped in my life. I, or I should say in human design within my life that now make it feel better for me and actually 
allow me to really harness the power of everything that is human design and why I love it so much. Because it, it does sound more fun when you can kind of take the pieces that feel really good for you and how your energy works and how it moves and taking away the judgment and the way that you may be looking at something in a negative manner and kind of setting that damn box on fire and building your own little sanctuary that's in whatever shape you want to. So I hope that helps you guys. If there's something that you need a reframe on within human design and you want to send me a message or, you know, um, send me a DM on Instagram, do it. I love, love helping that. That's part of my, uh, actually within my human design is making information accessible to others and to make it so that others can understand it. So I love doing that. Or if you really want to dive deep and really go in and learn about your energetic makeup, your strategies, your attraction, your manifestation, superpowers, all of that within human design, I have space in my one-on-one coaching and we do all sorts of human design mindset and manifestation work through emotional intelligence and embodiment. So really walking the talk and putting that into effect in life. And so I have that. I also have payment plans available. It's $5,000 for three months, so 12 weeks, but you can extend out the payment plan up to four months. So if it's you know easier that way for you, we can definitely do that. So reach out to me if that is something that your intuition is telling you that would be a good fit for you. I'd love to work with you. And if you have any questions, let me know. In the meantime, I can't wait to see what you guys manifest. I love you. Have a good week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.